F, can you hear us this time? All right, so we have. I, I can I can hear you now. Perfect. Perfect. That's what I'm talking about, Jeff. All right. Good to have you live on action today. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, did you hear my stellar introduction I gave for you, Jeff? I I couldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff. So glad to have you on the show. Honor you. Tuning in all the way from Florida, and this evening you're going to be sharing with us your wins, your losses how your first-generation mindset of being successful is bringing success, not just to your family, not just to your kids, but to generations to come. Share with us your story, Jeff. How has it been and how you got into the business of doing insurance for millions of people in the U.S. market? Well, uh, you know, insurance is not one of those things that any six-year-old boy wanted to grow up being. You know, in, in, in America, every six-year-old wanted to be a firefighter or, or a police officer or something, anything but an insurance guy. And so, uh, every you know, I, it, it's a business I just kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, fell into. Um, I had owned a rather large equipment leasing company. We financed construction and medical equipment, and uh, we were... Uh, they were starting to, to have us put life insurance on the lessees. And in 1999, I sold the company and uh, I did pretty well when I sold it, but uh, I really enjoyed the insurance space. And, and to be honest, uh, selling insurance was uh, a whole lot easier than lending money. Uh, <laughs> sure. So, so um, you know, I, I, I really, I really liked uh, the business and I still do, you know, I like that, you know, not just the impact that we can make on, on, you know, the agents that sell insurance for us, but I have seen firsthand, uh, how life insurance has really just saved people has saved families. Um, uh, I can't tell you how many people that have told me that they would have never gone to college or they never would have gotten to keep their house or anything that without, without the benefit of life insurance. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, everybody, you know, everybody thinks they're immortal, you know, especially the young people, but, uh, you know, I don't know how you, how old you are, but you know, I'm 57 and, you know, you, you know, you wake up and, you know, every now and then you think, God, I've, I've lived over half my life already. So you start feeling the mortality down the road. Um, but, uh, uh, it, it's, it's been a great business. It's been great for me. And it's been, um, uh, really rewarding just the impact that, that we've been able to make on not only just on the insureds that we have, but, uh, the insurance agents that, that we work with, because I have, I have really seen some great things happen with them. Love that. And Jeff, your philosophy in life is people should not live their life with a victim mentality. They should be winning every day. Share with us what the thought process behind not having a victim reality, because even today, it's been over two years, we still are dealing with COVID-19 and a lot of people still have the victim mentality. How do you get past that and what do you do on a daily basis, Jeff? Well, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people think that, uh, you know, if you think that, that you're not good enough, if you think that that you are, are not smart enough, you're not good looking enough, um, you know, you're not well spoken enough. You know, if you think that somewhere down the line, someone has told you that and you believe it. 
you just don't have to believe what people tell you. Um, I actually grew up in a, in a really small community in Georgia, about an hour south of Atlanta. Um, you know, very small town, uh, very, you know, even smaller minded people that live there. Uh, people that, you know, they, they were born there, they worked there, they lived there, and most of them died there. And, and when you, you look at these people, you know, uh, it, it's, it's just a, people just have limited mindsets. They limit uh, everything. They, they, they limit, you know, their potential. And, it's, and a lot of it simply is just because someone told them, oh, you can't, uh, you know, you, know you, you can't drive a Porsche or you can't, you know, you, you can't travel, you can't do this because, because, you know, if I couldn't, then why should you be able to do it? And a lot of times when people share what they think your limitations are, what I try to teach people is what they're actually sharing is what their own limitations are on themselves. And so, and so it, it's, it's, and I, I try to, we're, we're writing a book right now called blame the fame, blame the fame, blame the fame. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and so what, what we talk about in there, Kunal is, is the fact that, you know, the, the victim mentality, you know, when you walk around with a, a victim mentality, it poisons you and it poisons, you know, everyone around you. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, you have to be able to, to see that, you know, if you get knocked down in the, in the hole, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're the only one that's going to crawl out of it. Uh, every now and then I'll, I'll have, uh, an agent have a big deal go bad, which I'm sure you've had a few go bad uh, in the real estate business. And, you know, and a lot of these people, you know, they have, you know, they have the commission money spent before they get it. And, and when, the, when they get it, when the deal goes bad on them, um, you know, they yell and scream and they're mad. And, you know, I tell them, you know, go out in the backyard, yell, scream, do whatever you got to do for five minutes and then get over it. You're not getting it back. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much you scream, no matter how much you complain, that's not coming back. All you got to do is go to the next one. And then, but, but learn from the experience of the failure that you had, that maybe you, you, you see some value, educational value in that, that some, somewhere along the line, you messed up, just learn to learn to correct that. So maybe it mitigates it from happening again. Correct. Every time you fail or fall, it's all about what can you learn from that? What would you do differently in the future and what the lessons learned are? So that's your philosophy. I love that you shared about your book. I also understand you are a great trainer and coach. You help people be more effective in sales. Would you mind sharing some of the key strategies or key thing that you train people on to be more effective in sales, Jeff? Well, everybody, I don't care who they are. Everybody wants to be listened to and understood. Everyone wants to have empathy and, you know, Having empathy for someone doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but it does mean that you're letting them know that you are understanding where they're coming from. And there's just not a lot of that in the world this, uh, these days. And so what I teach people to do is, is to listen to people and, 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 and really, you know, in any sales presentation that, that you do, 
I don't I don't care what it is. Um, I think 80% of it should be you asking questions. Because if you ask enough questions and you have the people expound on those on, on the questions and and have them clarify more and more and more, they're gonna tell you what they want. They're gonna tell you. Uh, what they can afford and what they can't afford. They're going to, and, and if you ask enough questions, most of the objections uh, that, that normally come up never come up because you handle those objections as you're, as you're going through asking all, all the questions. 100% agree, Jeff, but it's asking questions, figuring out the intent, the goal of the person. And in my previous life, Jeff, before I was an, a realtor, I used to be an auditor and I would ask a zillion questions. Mm. But even growing up, Jeff, when I was four-year-old, five-year-old, I would ask a lot of questions. Why mommy this? Why daddy dad? And my friends and family would call me Curious George. I would question <laughs> everything. Why this and why that? But that skill of questioning things has become an inherent key to success because I don't, th I don't take things at the face value. Evaluate why someone's saying something what the intent is, what the strategy is, and then evaluate what solution we got to give them. So you're so right that asking questions, probing behind the real intent is the key to success. Well, you know, I, honestly, I think one reason why people are so hesitant to ask questions is, you know, I, I have a four-year-old grandson who's absolutely fearless. He asks questions. He gets in, into everything, you know, everything. You know, he lives in a wonderful world. but not long from now, maybe in a year or so, he'll be in school. And what's he going to be told? He's going to, he's, uh, you know, eventually he's going to be told, just keep your head down. Don't say anything. Don't draw any attention to yourself. Don't, 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 don't ask too many questions. Don't, and it, it, that's why, like, when we would have sales meetings, uh, I would ask people if, uh, if they had any questions and, and I'd be standing in a room full of a thousand people. No one had a question because wow. they were, they were too fearful to, uh, to ask them afraid of embarrassment or, or whatever. And so I think that's drilled into children when they're really young, you know, you, you know, you know, shut up, keep your mouth closed, listen, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't draw any attention. Don't, and, and when in fact, especially in, in the sales game, attention is everything you, you, you have, you have to have attention in marketing. You have to, and you have to get attention when, when you're selling. And so, um, um, and, and really the only way you can do that is, is listening and, and, and understanding what your customers are telling you. Yeah, most people, Jeff, are compliant, rule followers, and yes. they need to be told what to do. That's why most people work in corporate America and have a nine-to-five job because they have to have a structure. They want to have a safety net. They want to have a paycheck. They want to have a retirement plan. But then when you become an entrepreneur, a business owner, a self-reliant person, then having the mindset to ask questions, drill down is a key to success. I also understand you have a key philosophy, Jeff, that you train salespeople to actually get a no instead of a yes from a customer. It's reverse psychology. Share with us your insight about having a customer say no, which ultimately leads to someone saying yes to the transaction. You always want people to say no. You're, 
your customers, your significant other at home. Uh, you always want to get note. The reason why you want to do that, because sales trainers have taught people for decades, you know, get the yes, get the yes, make them say yes, make them say yes. And when someone is constantly asking you to say yes, uh, that yes feels uncomfortable. Someone can ask me something that's going to ask me, uh, that's going to require me to say a yes. And you, you, you almost feel hesitant to say it. No one, absolutely no one has any problem saying no. You know, no has security. No, no is confident. Uh, people love to be able to say no. You just have to form your questions in the way of, of, of getting a, you, you can ask any yes question into a no question and it's going to go over far better. It, it's, it's like, instead of, instead of asking your wife, do you want to go out to dinner tonight? Oh uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Or would it be a bad idea to go to, would it, excuse me, would it be a bad idea to go to dinner tonight? No. And, and, and like when we're doing and, and how I train and how this resonated with the agent so much when I trained them on this, you know, they were, they would sit for an appointment either on a zoom call or on the phone. Some guys still go out and see people. Um, they, they spend 30 minutes doing their presentation. They think everything is going great. And then they say, Kanal, is this something you think you're interested in? And they you're, would say, no. You're like, well, I get no. Or either, yeah, no, got to think about it. That's the biggest thing. Got to think about it, right? But Kanal, would it be a bad idea to, to get this started? Would it be a bad idea? to move forward? Would it, is, would it be ridiculous to, to start protecting your family now? Correct. And they would say no. Which and they say they're, no. Their no is actually saying a positive to at least consider the opportunity to get the insurance policy. Love that. Yeah. And, and, and a great way, like, like if you're, if you're asking, um, uh, you know, like, like now a lot of people are now having, uh, you know, here in Florida, it never stopped, but networking events and, and, and all that. My wife goes to a lot more the, of them than I do. And she was, you know, she's Russian. So she has a little bit of a language barrier. She speaks English, but it's really, it's really funny the way she does it. <laughs> okay. and, and, and so I, I taught her this for two reasons. Number one, to, um, because it would make her more engaging, but number two, it would help her further understand what they were, what they were saying. So if she asked someone uh, what they're passionate about, you know, say, for example, they say, well, uh, I really enjoy yoga. And so all she does is she repeats the last two or three words of what they said in the form of a question, you enjoy yoga? <laughs> and, and they, they go on and they just go it. on and on and on. And then you, you sum it up. And this is how you do sales. You, 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 you ask them that. So some, someone is telling you, you know, you know why did you fill this lead card out? Uh, well, I want to protect my family. You want to protect your family? Yeah. 
uh, you know, my kids, uh, you know, I'm worried about if something happens, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to have the money to go to college, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. And you go on and on. And then you, then you summarize what they said. And that is, it sounds like you really care about your family or, or if, if like, you know, my wife is talking to the person who has, who's, who likes yoga and they're talking about how they in, enjoy meeting other people and doing what, doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, the social aspect of it. She'll say, it sounds like you really enjoy being with people. Or, you know, when you do that, you want to, you want to do that with a, it sounds like, it seems like, or it feels like. Sounds, feel, looks like. Love those three words. All right? Sounds like, looks like, or feels like. And we started training our agents uh, to do, because, you know, because of COVID, they were having to sell all this stuff over the phone. People were scared. Um, a lot of the agents were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. And so I had to teach them this to show that they were listening and, and have some empathy because most of us in this country were not being listened to and we weren't getting much empathy from anyone. So it's kind of good to get it from somebody. So it's not a sales trick. It, it's, it's a good way to, it's a good way to converse uh, not only in, in business, but in your personal life and in your friendships as well. Love it, Jeff. Love it. So awesome. So you're sharing about teaching, training your agents to actually get a negative, which is a positive response. So in our yes. business, Jeff, as a realtor, we get leads coming to us, open house prospects. And by default, we are trained to ask the key question to a prospect. Are you working with a realtor? And these buyers have trained the mind to always say, Yes, I'm working with a realtor because they don't want to be bothered about showing it at an open house. So we train at salespeople that when you want to determine are they working, not working, ask a different question. Say that, hey, was your agent not available to come and show you this home at the open house? And by default, they're going to say no. 100%. All right. So I guess you're working with a realtor and they were not free to come and show you is the reason why you are going about your home search on your own. And that opens up the dialogue. But I so understand, I agree with you that getting a negative in a different way allows a person to be more open-minded with that strategy. Love that. Jeff, well, I almost understand. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, if you, uh, if, if, if they are working with a realtor, are you happy with your, uh, it, it sounds like you're, you're happy with your realtor. Uh, oh, I'm very happy. But if there was anything you could change about your realtor, what would it be? Right. And they're going to tell you all kinds of reasons why they want to change, why, how they would like for things to be different. Mm -hmm. They're telling you, you know, they're leaving you the clues, the breadcrumbs to, to the trail of, of what they really want, not only in a realtor, but, but in a house. And that, that's true of anything. Yeah, even in engagement at an open house or a listing, most agents would ask, well, how big is this house? 4,000 square feet. How many bedrooms? Five bedrooms. How many bathrooms? Three bathrooms. And they go back and forth just answering questions for the client, but instead of them, ask them, okay, so you said you want a big house. What is big in your mind? Well, this means square feet. Is this because you want to have a pool in the backyard or do you want to have a lot of green space because you have pets? So one question asked, can lead to so many more discovery items that will help you get better understanding of the buyer's needs are 
and then get to the finish line. Well, you, you might want to replace that to, it feels like you might want a pool in the backyard. It feels like, I like that. You're coaching. It, it, feels, it. it feels like you might. Yeah. You know, and, but I, I can tell you, I don't know about the real estate market in Houston, but I can tell you in Tampa, the first question that the realtors ask, do you have cash? You have cash. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're, if, if you're looking at a house uh, here, that's a million dollars and up. If you can't prove that you can stroke a check for it, the realtors won't even show it to you. Wow. So they want to get the pre-approval or the proof of funds, even before they unlock the door. The, the, a pre-approval from the bank doesn't mean anything because uh, if, if, if it's getting financed, this is what my realtor friends tell me. If it's getting financed, then of course they got to have the inspections and whatnot. Yes. People are buying houses down here with no inspections. Wow. I need to move to Florida, Jeff. That's yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> so why would they? Why would they want to risk someone getting financed and it failing inspection when there's twenty people behind them waving cash? That's true. That is. So that that's that's it's a big problem for, for a lot of people. A lot a lot of people they can afford the houses here, but they just can't get in because they don't they don't have the cash to buy them. Cash is king. And it also happens if you're doing a financing on the home purchase, then you also have an appraisal contingency, which means that if you offer a million dollars for the home, let's just say 100000 over list price, the bank is going to do an appraisal, determine is it really worth a million dollars? And if it's not, your loan would be denied. And loan is denied, the home goes back on the market. So when our clients, when we list their homes, we want to make sure we have a no financing contingency. But like you said, Jeff, cash is king. Cash is king. Uh, we were at a networking event not long ago, and we met a guy that ran a home inspection business. And he, he said that he was having to find additional work because there were so many of these houses that weren't getting, that didn't require inspection because of cash. It, it was actually hurting him. Excellent. Crazy. You also shared with us early on today that you had a big team of 800 agents that you shrunk down to 400 and today you had 25,000. But in that phase, you came in to take reins of your business where you had not one, not 20, but 31 sales managers. Yes. And that sounds, you fired them over a Zoom call. I did. Yes. Um, it sounds all horrendous. It sounds awful, but- I'll, Why would you do right. that? So this but is- this is what a lot of the blame to fame is. Um, you, you, when the pandemic came, uh, my phone started ringing off the hook from these managers. Most of them said, well, I guess our business is dead. They, they all had a negative mindset of, about what to do. Uh, my operations manager called me and he's like, what are we going to do? And I said to him, you are the only person that's ever going to hear me say this. And I'm going to say it once. I don't know what we're going to do. I said, you're never going to hear me say that again. I don't know what we're going to do. I said, but, you know, I'm going to look at this as a card game. The, this isn't the hand that I wanted dealt to me, but it's the one that I'm going to play like is the one I've been waiting my whole life for. 
And so what had happened because, and I knew that this would happen. We went into lockdown. Uh, we, uh, we, we have a lot of, of mailing expenses because we still use the mail for a lot of our lead generation. Well, if these people are sitting there at home, then uh, they have nothing better to do than to go through their mail. So our lead responses went way up, which in turn made our expenses go up. And, and so we, you know, we went two months of, of, of where we, I was just absolutely bleeding cash. And, uh, and so I, I just decided that I've got to take the reins of this thing. And I was in the, in the meantime, I was digging around through all these different groups. I, I found out how these guys had just failed miserably, but at the, at the end of the day, I have to blame me for that because I, I, I did take my, my eye off the ball with them. But in the meantime, I had to figure out, well, our expenses are going to go through the roof. Uh, we've got to do some consolidation. I can't have any negativity on my team. All of these managers are negative and they don't, they don't want to do anything. So I got them all together on a Zoom call and I, I, I actually gave them a second chance. How many of you guys think that we can do anything with this? None of them did. And I said, I don't need you on my team. Done. And click. You just exit out all of them on Zoom call? Well, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so then we, uh, so we consolidated all the agents and we sent them all, uh, we gave them a week to go onto a simple form on a website to sign on for online training because most of these guys had never sold any insurance over the phone. Um, now they were in a position where they didn't have a choice. Well, <clears throat> a large number of them didn't even register. So we, you know, we gave them a five o'clock Friday deadline, 5.30. I called my assistant who didn't register. She says a bunch didn't register. I said, they're gone. Clip, 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 All clip, right. clip, clip. And then, then the next stage was the ones that, that did register. Then we started doing the zoom training calls and I had sent out these three, you know, videos, uh, eight minutes of video for them to watch. Uh, one was something from Tony Robbins. The other two, one was like the three stooges and the other was, was Gordon Ramsay throwing okay. pots and pans. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to see if they would watch them. So we get on the zoom calls and I started asking them who didn't have the time to watch the three videos, big number of people held up their hands and we zapped them off the call as they raised their hands. Boom. Gone. Boom. Right. Yeah. So so we roughly had cut that sales force by half and a lot of the sales guys, because some of these people were their friends and whatnot, they got really upset that, you know, that we did things the way, way that we did. And I said to them, well, your activity just went through the roof because that activity that they were getting is going to go to you. And then, uh, the next weeks when their, you know, when their income was, was tripling and quadrupling, they forgot all about those guys. And so, but the, the whole thing that triggered it was, was the negativity. Even now when we have our zoom calls and I, I do like 30 of them a week, um, you know, I have a rule with these guys when, when there's a lot of people on the group, I do not want any bad apples in the bunch because one person if they're having a bad, a bad week, they're going to try their best to make sure everybody else has a bad week. You could have 
10 really happy people on there and, and one guy that's having a bad week and it, it just poisons the whole call. So, um, we had made that rule. And, uh, and, and so after we had to fire a couple of those guys, we don't get that anymore, but where, and, but when we do the zoom calls, we we're genuinely there to help them. And I have bonus structures set up to where if the group does good, they do better. So it encourages them to help each other. And where I learned this from, I, have a friend of mine who was a Navy pilot and he actually flew F-18s over New York City during 9-11. And he was telling me about the debriefing is the most important part of any, any military mission. And he gave the examples of the Blue Angels. Now, the Blue Angels, you could have a, a lieutenant flying with an admiral, okay? And the reason why on their uniforms, their ranks are Velcroed on there is because when they come and sit down for the debriefing, everyone rips off their rank and they throw it in a basket. So they're sitting at the table as equals and they're there to critique each other, to help work, make each other better. And that's what I try to do in the Zoom calls is, is not, not to accuse anyone, not to blame anyone, but to so, for someone to help them. If someone's having a bad week, I will ask him, Robert, what's going on? Talk to us. And, and everyone is in there jumping in to help. So it actually, out of all those firings, it, it created a very positive environment. And with, with half as many people in 2020, they actually wrote four times as much business. So uh, honestly, I wish I'd have done this years ago. Yeah. So you went down on a headcount, but your production of your agent went down by 400%. 400%. I also believe, Jeff, a lot of people say in your company, in your organization, in your friend circle, have a big group, have more people, have more resources. I'll give you an analogy. Back in the day, before we had all these fighter jets and guns and all those things, people fight battles with swords and those shields. Now imagine if, if you had a five feet by five feet big shield made of cardboard that would give you a false sense of security that, you know what? It's gonna shield me from the attack from an enemy. On the other hand, you have a two feet by two feet titanium shield, much smaller, but more secure, more adept at challenging the enemy around the corner. Now think of it this way, most of us at any company organization, let's add more and more people. Let's make the cardboard shield as big as possible. But at time of attack, at the time of need, the cardboard shield is gonna be no good. The arrows are gonna come through it, but a smaller, significantly smaller shield of titanium is more effective than having big shield of cardboard. And that's exactly what you shared. You had yeah. a big team. Went it's from uh, 800 to 400, yet your production went up by 400%. And today, after all these years of being a coach, being a mentor, having the positive attitude, you have over 25,000 licensed insurance agents who associate with you. Incredible, incredible, Jeff. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, it's not the, uh, I think the saying goes, it, it's, it's not, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Love that. <laughs> Say that one more time, Jeff. Say that one more time. It's not the, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Love it. 
Jeff, you've been successful for all these years. Anyone who wants to get in the insurance business or wants to quit a job and find their own passion, what piece of advice would you want to give them today, Jeff? The biggest piece of advice I could give anyone is just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. To believe in yourself and to be confident and don't listen to the opinions of other people. Um, my father always told me, never listen to, never take business advice from anyone who makes less money than you do. Huh. <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So you, 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 and the only way to be successful in, in, in starting a business and being a, an entrepreneur is you have to become obsessed. You have to become obsessed with what you're doing and you're, you're going to lose a lot of friends that way. That's okay. You're going to have family think that you're crazy. Uh, that's okay. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like social media. They say the, the, the more haters you get, the, the better your social media is. Yep. I add haters every day, Jeff. It's, oh. like it's like a cup of, cup of tea or cup of coffee. They come and they go, I don't care. We got to be steadfast oh. towards our own mission and goal in life. That's, that's all you can do. And, and you, you have to look at the haters. Like I, I get haters on my Instagram every day. And, and it's funny because I go, sometimes I'll click and look at the profile of these people, of the haters. And, uh, you know, they're, they have private profiles. They don't even have their picture up, you know. They hide it up. Yeah. By the way, they don't have yeah. the courage to speak up if they're in a disagreement. So come up and speak up and share your opinion. There's always a different opinion in everything, but they hide away. Great sharing your insights today, Jeff. Any final words for the audience listening into you tonight? Just believe in yourself. Um, you know, don't, listen to your heart. Don't value the, the opinions of, of, of others. Um, if you believe in yourself and, and if you stop, stop really caring about what other people think of you and what you're doing, the more limitless you will become. Love that. Jeff, if someone wants to reach out to you, get coached, mentored by you, or work with you as insurance, how can they reach out to you, Jeff? Uh, the easiest way would be uh, to hit me up on my Instagram. It's uh, the real Jeff Wright. The real Jeff Wright. The real Not Jeff the Wright. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the real Jeff Wright. Yeah. And, you know, I put, I put content up there every day. Um, you know, they're, they're welcome to follow people are welcome to follow me. And if the, if they want to DM me, uh, you know, for advice or insurance, are you insured by the way, Kunal? Yes, sir. I am. My yeah. wife won't let me is it, is it, a, would it be a bad idea to get about 10 million more tonight? Absolutely not. <laughs> if you if you want to be insured, you got to have a safety net for your family, for your exit strategy. So I 100%. That is needed. 100%. So Jeff Fred, your handle on Twitter, you said? Instagram. Instagram is it's Jeff Wright. The, the real Jeff Wright. And it's that J-E-F-F-W-R-I-G-H-T. The real Jeff Wright. Jeff, it was such a pleasure having oh, you. Oh, the pleasure was mine, sir. Love hearing a story, how you asked 31 people on a Zoom call, and then you went down the list and had your sales force go down from 800 to 400, and then your sales production for these same people went up by 400%. Positive attitude, never saying no. 
Love what you shared today, Jeff. It was great having you in the show. You guys are listening into the first generation mindset. We just had a great conversation with Jeff Wright. You want to follow him? Go and look him up as the real Jeff Wright on Instagram. Instagram. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great evening tonight. Thank you.